Am I live? Of course I'm live. People deluded, I'm back again. Good morning to those of you in the UK on this fine Friday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and of course, good night, depending on where else you, lot guys, you guys are stationed in this world and wherever else you guys are. Welcome back to another edition of the Deluded Podcast, the DG Podcast, the Really and Truly Podcast. Please make sure you're following on YouTube, you know, hit your subscribe button, make sure you're following on Twitch, and one love to the Apple and Spotify users, them as well i appreciate you lot for taking in the dg pod it might not be one of my most viewed parts of my channel but it's definitely one of my most enjoyable as we talk about football from a more neutral point of view now obviously people there isn't too much to speak about but there's been a lot of decent amount of football this week you know just looking at europe you know juventus are struggling you know perlo's linked with barcelona and the pressure is mounting on ronald koeman obviously you're seeing a other a, a, couple other ones and twos we've got some important Premier League fixtures to come this week we've seen the cup action where I think a lot of Premier League teams have named strong lineups but there's been you know a couple of decent young players you look at Cade Gordon of Liverpool for example so let's actually start with the Cat Yarra Bell Cup now I think you know when you look at it you know United are out I think Phil Foden had a good game. I think Ben Chilwell struggled. Obviously, Chelsea and Spurs had to had to have penalties to think. Arsenal won a game against West against um, AFC Wimbledon. We weren't really troubled. So yeah, man. Obviously, Everton are out after QPR beat them on pens and things like that. So it's been a very interesting interesting game week of football, really and really and truly, people. If I'm completely honest with you, um, obviously, if you don't, if you haven't been any, if you haven't been somewhere and and then you haven't seen the fixtures, obviously, Manchester City won six one against Wickham Wanderers. Um, Watford are out of it as well because they lost 3-1 to Stoke. Leeds beat Fulham on penalties as well. And I think, is it is it Gerhardt? He scored a penalty. That was good after seeing the Fulham fans rattle him. Burnley completely dealt with Rochdale 1-4-1. Sunderland defeated Wigan two goals to nil. Imagine not too long ago, that was a Premier League fixture, people. Um, Norwich lost 3-0 to Liverpool. As I said, Liverpool weren't troubled. You know, Origi scored and obviously Minamino had a good game in that game. Preston 4, Cheltenham Town 1. Sheffield United are out, obviously, after they lost. Um, they drew 2-2 and I believe penalty ease went in Southampton's favour 4-2. Brentford 7 Oldham nil people. QPR um, Everton was 2-2 obviously QPR won 8-7 on penalties there was a lovely moment where I think you know QPR conceded very sloppily from a, a, poor, a poorly struck in corner from Andre Gomez. <coughs> Pardon me and you can see um, the fans trying to rattle Gomez and then you can see um, Gomez calling them wankers and whatnot. I mean, that's what football's about. Brighton 2, Swansea nil, Millwall 0, Leicester 2, Leicester 2, racism nil. Obviously, as I said, Spurs had had penalties to think. Obviously, Spurs, I think, if I remember rightly, Hoiberg missed, Connor Cody missed. Someone else shanked a penalty from Wolves as well. It was terrible penalties from Wolves. They bottled it, if I'm completely honest with you folks, people. I'm not going to lie. Endombele showed the good, bad and the ugly in that game because he had some good little moves and whatnot. But some of his defending was laughable. Like one of the goals, I'm sure he's tried some weak back heel thing and Spurs have conceded really and truly. And obviously, as an Arsenal fan, you love it because Spurs were taken to the brink against against Wolves. They had to over-rely on several several players. Hopefully, that there's a bit of fatigue to go with their injury issues for the game on the weekend. 
Manchester United nil, West Ham one, West Ham one, Manchester United nil. I think Oli Golasolsha needs to be sacked, not off the basis of this, but he's going to hold that team back. And I mean, man, he, he was talking about the team tried their best and all those sort of things. Arsenal won three nil against AFC Wimbledon. Obviously, we scored two goals towards the end. We were rarely troubled, um, from what I could see of the highlights. We were rarely troubled. We were in cruise control, but. Yeah, we didn't kill the game as much as we could, but considering we had we named a strong lineup, happy to see Lacazette score, Smith Rowe score, Saka encouraging cameo off the bench, like with Smith Rowe, um, Eddie and Ketty a cute little flick for his goal when he was involved. Martinelli minutes, Partey and Saka allegedly asked to play, and they've played and they've not come back with any injuries. A couple of sloppy passes from Ainsley Maitland Niles in the middle, but yeah, man, generally everybody did well. No one was really tested. Tavares did well. And as I said, you know, Reese James scored the winning penalty as Chelsea won, Aston Villa won 4-3 in Chelsea's favour on penalties. Cameron Archer, and I mean, you've got, you know, the Chuck Mena brothers, you've got Cameron Archer, you've got the, you know, you've got Ramsey, the Ramsey brothers, you know, there's a couple good players developing there at Villa. And Villa have some good players there that could either be sold for profit or go all the way and go the whole distance in the first team. So it is what it is. If you don't know about the draw for the next round, you know, you've got the Tino Livramento derby as he will return to Stamford Bridge as Chelsea will welcome will welcome Southampton next month. When, and this is scheduled to be played the 26th of October. Arsenal against Leeds United, the Eddie Nketiah derby for what it's worth. You've got West Ham welcoming Manchester City. You've got Leicester against Brighton. You've got Preston against Liverpool. Burnley will welcome Tottenham. You've got QPR, Sunderland and Stoke. Brentford people and I was hoping to God Spurs and Chelsea would have went out because um, it would have made Arsenal's potential route to the final that much easier I swear you get Europe if you win this so we might have to take that seriously people but it is what it is I can't lie to you obviously there was about 21 changes between West Ham and Man United you know West Ham left Declan Rice um, out of it and I know United made a bag of changes but it was terrible from United I think I love Martial as a footballer, but I think the Martial train's gone. I still believe in Jaden Sancho, but it looks like it's going to take him at least at the first half of the Premier League to adapt. And I don't know if Oli, if the Oli tax can be applied. It was just, yeah, you know, I think they should have had a penalty shout. Mark Noble looks like he pulls down Lingard. I don't think foul is a foul. I think Lingard acting like he's been shot is crazy. And I think Lingard was actually quite wasteful in that game. He's just trying to score a worldie, if I'm completely honest with you. It was, it was, it was poor. I mean, Greenwood, um, you know, agree with a couple chances. He done more than a couple, man, if I'm honest with you. He done, I'm sure I could be wrong, but I'm sure he come off the bench. Um, and if he did come off the bench and I'm right, I'm sure he did more in a couple of moments than some of the attacking players from the start. But yeah, man, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I can't lie. Listen, I've got nothing to do with Manchester United, but I just... And I don't feel he should be sacked based off this. I just think, you know, he's not going to he's not gonna do the business for United. But I just think... If I was a United fan, his comments after the game would pee me off. Not because he's wrong, but it's like, come on now. A really big club like Man United, we're talking about having a goal. And you know me, I think in, in, in general, away from United or my club, Arsenal, I think, you know, I think I don't believe in praising footballers for having a goal and working hard and things. These are minimum requirements. Like, what's going on, really and truly? Anyways, apparently Ole Gunnar Solskjaer praised his players for having a goal despite obviously being knocked out. He said, um, you know, he said, after, he said, he said, um, we played well for long periods and gave it a good goal. Stats don't mean anything, but when you've got 27 shots, you know the boys have given it a good goal. It was a poor start again that needs addressing. And I mean, that's been there for Manchester United all season. I mean, from last season, starting games poorly unnecessarily, obviously. 
Um, you know, they conceded very, very, uh, very early on. Was it Lanzini? I could be wrong. Something I'm sure. Like again, I, I watched too much football this week. I should really write down notes. I'm sure it was Lanzini. Yeah, Lanzini in the ninth minute. Again, he is he isn't wrong. You know, United dominated passing, dominated possession, dominated shots, dominated shots on target. But if you don't shoot, you don't score. You don't hit the target. You don't score. You don't. You know, if you don't score, you can't win really and truly. So shooting is only nine tenths of the law. Really, twenty seven shots, six on target. West Ham had nine, three on target. And there were, I'm not going to lie, everyone was watching the game. There was times where it looked like West Ham were trying really, really, really hard to not walk away with, with the victory, if I'm honest with you. But that's what United have to pay for. Because, again, this might be cup competition. How many times have you seen United start games poorly and then go on and, you know, individual brilliance will see them win 4-1 or, you know, or whatever. You know, you look at the West Ham in the league, you look at Newcastle, you go back to last. Even Bruno Fernandes was saying it in any press conference he had. He's like, we need to start better. And for Oli, he's got a rest that, yes, there was changes. And I think, you know, Van der Beek was all right. I think United should have had a penalty, but I think Matic is very lucky not to be sent off. He's lucky Kofau is not one of these soft players. He's need him in his balls. If that's a more pretty boy footballer or something, then I think, you know, He's going down, and that's a red card. So I did think Matic was a was a love was was lucky there, and he's probably loving Kofau and that. But he said we didn't create big chances, but we created pressure. Lol. Mason Greenwood had a big chance, but sometimes that pressure doesn't come to anything. Of course, in the last few minutes, we had to go gun hole, and they could have scored another. You want to go through, but it's a long season. Everyone gave it a good go. I can't fault their attitude. We've got big games coming up, and that's the decision we've made. We're at the start of the season. We know it's going to be a long journey. Champions League, FA Cup, Premier League. We've got lots of games. We just have to keep doing what we're what we're doing to try and get results. We've started the season okay. Apart from being out of this cup, which isn't great. And we haven't had a good result in Europe, but we'll be ready for Saturday. Even the young boys game, you know, they made that harder than it needs to be. I don't know what it is with United with the starting of games. They have to start better than that if they're going to advance and, and do things, people. So... It is what it is. Um, in relation to Manchester City's game, I think Foden had a very good game. He scored a peach of a goal. He obviously got a couple of assists. So it is what it is. It's cup up cup cup action. Obviously, ideally, you want to as a fan, you want to see some young players get some opportunities. You know, you want to see some squad players get some opportunities. You want to win. You want to come through with no injuries and things like that. Which again, you can count. Sorry about that, people. Um, I was kind of surprised by the, the 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 strength of the lineups being named by a lot of teams. A lot of teams, you know, Arsenal named a decent team. I know, um, you know, City exception. They played a bunch of kids, but they could still call up on Foden and these sort of guys. United, obviously, bag of changes, still a strong team. The same goes for Arsenal. The same goes for Chelsea. The same goes for a lot of teams. Even Everton had a half decent team out there that lost to QPR. So I was a bit taken aback by that, but. It is what it is in that regards, folks, man. That's 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 the cup action. There was a lot of goals. So, yeah, man, the cup action was quite decent. Um, in other news, quickly, people, I just want to talk about one, two other things. I know, um, shout out to everybody who's here, DG Podcast. Make sure you're hitting the like button if you're listening to this on YouTube. But if you're not, obviously, I'm going to be live at 11.30 where we'll be talking about Arsenal Spurs and a couple Arsenal-related stuff. Um, and I've got a couple of previews to come with content creators on Twitch. So make sure you're following me on Twitch. And I've got a lot of reruns, like I've got tapping tobes. But um, 
I was ta talking on via Twitch and previewing the Arsenal Spurs game with Tapping Tobes yesterday, and he was talking about Nuno's football and things. And I think it was appropriate because obviously, you know, Spurs were linked with Paulo Fulseca. He actually says he was planning pre season with Spurs and he was more or less the Spurs gaffer before the new owner, I mean, the new technical director, had a change of heart. Paulo Fulseca says Tottenham agreed to appoint him as head coach this summer before new managing director Fabio Prerizzi pulled out of the deal amid concerns over his attacking over his attacking style of football. The man himself, Paulo, said the agreement was done. We were planning the preseason, and Tottenham wanted an offensive coach. It wasn't announced, but we planned preseason players. But things changed when the new managing director arrived, and we didn't agree with some ideas, and he preferred another coach. I have some principles. I want to be the coach of a great team, but I want the right project and a and a club where the people believe in my ideas. I want my way to play, and this happened. And this didn't happen with the managing director. It's what the chairman Daniel Levy and the sporting director Steve Hitchin asked for to build a team who can play attractive and offensive football, and I was ready for that. I cannot be any different. All my teams will have these intentions against the big teams. I'm not sending my team to defend near their own box. So fair play, you know, against Spurs fans, take off that what you will. Um, away from that, people, as you know, that it seems like Premier League fans will be able to get safe standing, folks, because, again, Premier League and Championship clubs have been invited to trial safe standing, I believe, by the government and, the, the you know, the, the associated, the, the people that need to make the decisions, people. As you know, Man City have actually installed a rail seat, uh, installed rail seating at, at the Etihad, people, which can be converted into a standing area. Apparently, Premier League and Championship clubs have been asked for expressions of interest to pilot safe standing areas this season. Clubs have until the 6th of October to submit an application to the Sports Ground Safety Authority, otherwise known as SGSA. If approved, they'll be able to offer licensed standing areas from the 1st of January 2022. So against Manchester City, we could have that Um as you lot know, since 1994, people, first and second tier grounds in England and Wales have been required to be all seatings by law. Obviously, that's in re in relation to a lot of unsavory, unsavory events that have happened in the past. But yeah, man, I mean, I think the game does need safe standing. I can't lie. I don't necessarily like to stand up, but I can't, I can't lie. When I go to non-league games and, you know, other things like that, it is nice to stand up. So, pardon me. That is quite decent where these lot are, re are regarded people. Away from that, apparently UEFA has also announced it's doubling the prize money for the Euro for the Women's European Championship. The next tournament is being hosted by England next year in July after being delayed by a year due to the pandemic. Obviously, apparently 16 teams in the competition will share, will share 16 million euros, which is around 13.7 million quid, while 4.4 while euros, around 3.8 million, will go to clubs who release their players. Apparently, however, there is still a disparity between those figures and the money distributed for men's tournaments. The 24 teams at the Men's European Championship shared 371 euros, 318 million pounds in UEFA prize money this year, while Clubs were also guaranteed at least 200 million euros, around 171 M's for releasing of players, people. Lukaku says social media companies should sit down with Premier League footballers to help combat online abuse. I mean, they don't care, Lukaku. Look how quickly they'll, you know, there's other regulations and other things, social media and football clamp down on. They don't care about racism, you know. And for me, Lukaku, I need you to talk to Marcus Alonso and tell him to wind it in a bit because I don't think Alonso is wrong in what he's saying about Every every black person can agree these 
token gestures do nothing. But I mean, it it, it screams unconscious bias and unconscious privilege. And there's a lot of ir irony that Marcus Alonso can speak for his teammates and say, I haven't spoken to them, but I'm doing this and all of these sort of things. I was focused on that on my last pod, so I'm not going to go into it. It's a bit crazy. But nonetheless, Lukaku said a large number. Um, You know, he said, he said, you know, the big boys of clubs should be able to speak, but speak to these CEOs. And as you lot know, a large number of players have been abused online, abused in stands. But speaking of social um, social media, he said, we should just sit around the table and have a big meeting about it. It is how we can attack it straight away, not only from men's, but also from the women's game. I just think all of us together just have a big meeting and have a conference and just talk about stuff that needs to be addressed to protect the players, but also to protect the fans and younger players that want to become professional footballers. Lukaku, they don't want to do that, bro. They don't want to. They don't want to do that because you, you know, YouTube, Instagram, all these things. You mentioned COVID nineteen. Your tweets, everything can be flagged. All of these things can be flagged. The minute people are doing the N word and the P word and the you know derogatory things against women and and just moving mad, that doesn't get picked up on really and truly. So they don't want to fix it because it's not in their mandate. And a lot of them, just like in football, a lot of them do not have personal experiences of either being racially abused online or being racially abused in in the person. That's why they've got no empathy. That's why, quite frankly, they don't give a fuck. Pardon my language. In fact, not pardon my language because this is real life. So yeah, away from that it's just a pack of nonsense really and truly if i'm honest with you and now if we move on away from that let's preview what's happening in the premier league now if i list off the fixtures to you you've got chelsea manchester city manchester united aston villa everton versus norwich leeds versus west ham leicester burnley watford newcastle Brentford, Liverpool, and on Sunday, you've got Southampton, Wolves, and you've got the big one, the North London derby, Arsenal versus Spurs, you know, um, so yeah, man, I mean, it's a good week of football, I don't know which one to focus on, um, you know, you look at Manchester United, Aston Villa, I think that's going to be a better game than people give it credit for, there could be twists and turns, and I'm sure United want to bounce back with a win after the disappointment midweek, Everton, Norwich, I think that has goals in it, and things obviously, Ben Godfrey, are you going to have something to say against your former employers? Again, Norwich haven't picked up a win all season. Everton have done all right under Rafa Benitez. Um, I look at Leeds-West Ham, another game. Leeds haven't been that good this season. West Ham have. A trip to Ellen Road is a trip to Ellen Road. You know no one wants to go there. You've got Leicester-Burnley. Now, I want Leicester to win, but you know I'm sure Burnley want to bounce back. What for Newcastle? I think that has the capacity to score goals as well. There's always drama where Newcastle's concerned. Watford are always good value for entertainment. Brentford versus Liverpool, you'd expect Liverpool to wipe the floor with them. But, you know, Saturday, 5.30 kickoff, things can happen. I expect Liverpool to win, but crazy things can happen. There might be something there. And obviously, to kick off that, well, really, I say kick off the same time with Man United Villa, um, televised game, you've got Manchester City versus Chelsea. Now, obviously, if you're Chelsea, you could have, you could, you could make, you know, I'd say for, for United as well, for United, Liverpool, you're looking at that fixture because obviously Manchester City drew with Southampton last week. All of you lot picked up points. Obviously, for Chelsea and these other teams, if Chelsea do, if, if it's a draw, that's probably the best result. But, you know, if Chelsea win, you kind of move away from City, even though it's early on in the window. Obviously, Liverpool and United, two teams expected to challenge for the league. You win. These are the games where you want to take full points because obviously rivals are playing rivals for Chelsea. Obviously, it's a big test of their credentials. I mean, I don't want to say... City are the favourites because I don't think they are. I do think the streak has to end. I do think there is a day where, you know, Thomas Tuchel has to be defeated by Pep. But I can't lie. I just think 
anytime, obviously the Champions League is the Champions League. Um, and I know City never had a striker, but I just feel Tuchel's got Pep's number. He knows how to play against him. And it's like Pep doesn't doesn't know how to change things in that regards against Tuchel. Again, things have to come to an end one day. But I think Chelsea just got, you know, they, they're doing whatever. And I think Chelsea have impressed me this season, really. You know, they've got some good results. Obviously, they dealt with they dealt with Spurs yes, um, last week in the second half. They got a good, you know, went down to 10 men against Liverpool. Got a result there, you know should be full of confidence against Man City. And I mean, Man City will always be my favourites to win the league, but I think level with them is Chelsea. I can't look past them. I think they got the squad. I think they got the manager. You know, I think they know how to to, to manoeuvre games and manoeuvre. Like, if they got five games, you can say to them, boy, you need to get X amount of points. And I think their boys understand this sort of stuff. Um, one thing I look at these Chelsea players as well, there's bare hunger in the team. I'm not saying City isn't, but a lot of these City players, I know that it just seems like they want to move away from home and, and leave the club and things and stuff like that. I just look at these Chelsea team and this is why I think I, they're, they're the same, same level as favourites for me. It's just, I look at them, they're hungry, man. Tuchel's hungry because, you know, he could win the Champions League last season, be sacked this year. I look at a couple of their players, you know, obviously Rüdiger isn't old, but, you know, Rüdiger, Kante, you know, Jorginho, Thiago Silva, Aspilicueta, these guys are not going to be around for a while, in it? You know, they're not going to be, they're still in their, their present, you know, they're not going to be around in 10 years or whatever. So I just get the hunger from them to it. They want to achieve something now, in it? And I just think Chelsea, again, Chelsea City is a good game at the bridge. You know, City need to hit back, obviously, because, you know, Pep struggles against Tuchel. They lost last week. You know, I probably in relation to a winner, I'm actually going to go. I would rather just Man City win 2-1, but I'm going to say Chelsea 2, Man City 1. Personally, I think I think Chelsea will do it, if I'm honest. I, like I said, the streak has to end sometime, but I just don't think Pep has a has a has a... Has a has an idea how to go against Tuchel. He doesn't want to change things. And like I said, this might be the game he actually does. Obviously, if it's not going to be that game, obviously, you know, Arsenal versus versus Spurs. Again, the only derby that matters in the league, in my opinion, one that actually lives up now is both teams are woeful, really. You know, one game, one goal scored from open play between both sides. I know Harry Kane's going to come into form and things like that. It's the North London derby. Form goes out the window. Obviously, Arsenal, I would say, because we've won two games against two of the worst teams in the league, we're a bit more healthier as a fan base and Spurs are a bit more down there. But I think it should be even. People are moving like Arsenal's up here, Spurs is there. Both teams are behaving trash. Both teams are doing trash things. Both teams have question marks over their gaffers. Players are underperforming. Commitment levels of certain players being questioned. And, you know, I think this all goes out the window because it's a North London derby and things. You know, Kane ain't scored in four or five games. He's back to Harry Kane in that in that game. We know he's going to score a penalty because we know Son is going to do his Tom Daly impressions and be diving all over the place. We know there could be a dodgy red card. You know, we know what to expect. I think Arsenal, we need the 12th man. And I'm going to focus about this on, on at 11 a.m., 11.30, people. Make sure you're there. But I think if Arsenal were to have any chance, our, mid, our midfield, you know, you've got to get at that Spurs midfield. See how they got overran in the second half against Chelsea? If we get our midfield spot on, I'll be more confident because I just feel you've got to go Lukonga, Partey, Odegaard. Or at worst, what you did against Burnley, Smith-Rowe, Odegaard and Partey. I, I just think he's going to bring back Shaka. There's going to be problems in that regards. Now, funny enough, Shaka could, could be brought back in and we could still win. I'm not suggesting otherwise, but it is what it is in that regards. And for me, again... 
you have to put in a result against Spurs because we've had two shabby wins against the two, arguably two of the worst teams in the league and it could have went otherwise, people. We weren't exactly perfect, which we're not even going to be perfect. And even if you beat Spurs, I wouldn't say we've turned the corner or anything, but it's a good look in terms of the credentials. It's a good way to end September. It's a good way to set us up going against a team that is in form next week in Brighton away. And I'm, I'm scared of the North London derbies. I'm defo scared of Brighton away. And, and on the topic of being scared, I keep saying it. I've been saying it all week. I'm even more fearful of Spurs purely because they're coming into this in some trash form. You know, they got dealt with against Crystal Palace in a London derby. You know, I think they were all right in the first half against Chelsea. There was positives there. They were pressing. Chelsea couldn't get out, you know. But second half, Chelsea turned it on. At the end of the day, Chelsea won 3-0. These are the things that scare me. You don't want to have free London Derby L's, you know, London Derby slash obviously first North London Derby of the season, people, at our place. You don't want it to be that case. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in that regards, people. It really will. But yeah, man, I'm going to go with Arsenal 2, Spurs 1. And, you know, I have to back my team. I can't say Spurs are winning, but, you know, it, it does feel me it, going into that game. I am filled with, with, with intense nerves, people, if I'm completely honest with you. And it's like, for me, there's just too many question marks. Like, you could drop, you could drop Aubameyang for Lacazette, or you could start him. You know, there's legit cause to drop Saka, Pepe, Smith, Rowe, half of these guys. Really, there's legit cause to keep them in. If I had to name my eleven off the top of my head, I think the back five stay the same. So Ramsdale, Tierney, Tomiyasu, Gabriel, Ben White, midfield. I kind of already said it. I would personally, personally go Lukonga, Partey, Odegaard, um, and you know, you've got Maitland-Niles on the bench. You can come on for one of them to see out the game. I mean, Arteta's got a fetish for Xhaka. You can draw for Xhaka off the bench if you want, you know. Um, I would I would actually go for Saka Pepe, but I'll put Pepe on the left, Saka on the right, just because, I, you know, Emerson, he ain't, he, he's still having teething problems in this league. And I think for all of Pepe's problems, I just think with Pepe, he wants to take man on and I just need him to take on Emerson and, dis and discourage him from going forward. Saka on the right, because I just feel that's your best position. That's where you can do your thing. I would also opt, if not for Pepe, Smith throw off that left-hand side. And obviously you come inside and become an extra midfield body. But then I'm wary of, because your game set is to come inside, that allows your fullback to go up. And that could create 2v1 situations against Tierney. That's why I want more of an orthodox um, um, winger, traditional winger, better yet. Um, uh, there is, you know, we won going with Lacazette. And for me, it's about the pressing. So when you go with Odegaard, if Smith Rowe plays, people of that ilk, Lacazette is there in it. And to be honest, you know, you could bring a Bamian on after tired legs, but I would probably say Saka Pepe. I'd probably lean towards a Bamian, but it's neck and neck. You ask me in an hour, I'll probably say Lacazette. So yeah, man. And and so so that's the lineup I'd probably go with for Spurs. I don't know who they're going to go with. Apparently, there's question marks over the fitness of Mora and Bergwijn. So yeah, man, maybe Bergwijn just wants to do watch-alongs. He doesn't want to play. Not being funny, but have you seen us two in the same place at the same time? Probably not. But um, yeah, man, that's 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 the games to come, people. Really. So yeah, it's an interesting week of football. If I'm completely completely honest with you, um. You know, apparently Derby are in administration. They have a 95% chance of, of survival. But yeah, they're in a bad way. If we look at some of the transfer news, even though we're only in September, people, Liverpool could make a January move for West Ham's 24-year-old Gerard Bowen. He'd be good for the squad. Dortmund could move for 23-year-old Juventus and Italy winger Chiesa. I'm not sure leaving Juventus for Dortmund is on his wish list. Marcus Asensio is among Liverpool's transfer targets. I mean, we hear that every day and every week. Tottenham are prepared to offload French midfielder Ndombele in a swap deal for Manchester United's Anthony Martial. That could be good for both parties. If, if Martial's going to come North London, I want him to come to us, though. 
Um, Rudiger will not rush a decision on his future, but is seeking a significant pay rise to stay at Stamford Bridge. Um, we'll speak about Lacazette apparently joining Atletico Madrid slash Barcelona in, at 11.30, but he's been linked with such people, which is quite crazy. Manchester United have made contact over Osman Dembele with Barcelona. Um, Paulo Dybala for Juventus is in talks to sign a new deal. So yeah, it's quite a slow news day in terms of in terms of football in general, folks, man. In terms of everything. So yeah, we've previewed the Premier League. We've talked about the Cat Yarrow Cup. I mean, I don't think there is anything else, anything else to speak about, people. So yeah, obviously, for those of you that haven't had enough of your DG content, stay online. 11:30, I'll be back again on YouTube. I'm gonna be live on Twitch at 2 p.m. and 2 2 and 5 p.m. I'm gonna be previewing the game with a couple special guests. So make sure you're following me on Twitch, deluded guna. All information is in the description and things like that. Make sure you're following across Twitter, across Twitch. Make sure you're hitting the like video, like button on the video. Obviously, Arsenal versus Tottenham is watch-along business, so make sure you've set your reminders and hit the like button on that vid. Content never rests and neither do I. But on that topic, people, I think that's an end to the podcast. There actually isn't that much more to focus on. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your Friday. I'm out. <laughs> Easy, 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 easy.